the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.02. You're listening to AM 560 WFIL. Tim DeMoss here in the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening in. It's Thursday, October 4th, 2018. Cloudy, a shower, thunder shower expected in the next few hours. So sometimes tonight, low down to 60. Mix of clouds and sun and cooler tomorrow, high 72. And sports flyers open their season tonight on the road, 10 o'clock against Vegas. We are um, pleased to bring into studio today Dr. Tony Hart from uh, People Will Know Your Name and the Hart Name. Dr. Hart from several different ways. So welcome aboard. Welcome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. It's a privilege to have you in studio, too. It's a little bonus. Uh, but of course, you're, you're regional, you're local, so we can have you. Yeah, it's not too far away, Lansdale. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, well, of course, uh, you're pastor of Monco Christian Assembly in Lansdale. Monco Bible Fellowship. Oh, really? Yeah. Has that changed? Because yeah. I had a different name now. So oh. I'm, I'm going to write that down so I don't <laughs> say it wrong. You tell me that again. Monco? Monco Bible Fellowship. Bible Fellowship. We're right. Right on Route 63 in Lansdale. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, of course, on Sunday evenings at seven thirty, folks can tune yeah. in. Yeah, that's the Grand Old Gospel Hour. The radio program is actually um, not so much a product of the church. Yeah. It's uh, the Grand Old Gospel Fellowship, which is another organization that my dad started in 1961. Wow! And uh, so we're celebrating 57 years. It's a church planting ministry. So we have, there are um, 12 churches in our fellowship of churches. And uh, once a year we try and come together. But uh, that, that fellowship is what produces the Grand Old Gospel Hour, which is heard around the world and many, many different outlets and online and yeah. different ways to get it now on their mobile devices and all that. Yes. Very good. Dr. Tony Hart's with us. Uh, your father, Dr. Sam Hart, right? Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about your dad and why he got these, the, you know, what his heart was. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it yeah. just came out. It actually goes back to my grandfather. Okay. My grandfather got saved in New York City and um, became a missionary to Jamaica and uh, he started about 20 churches down on the island of Jamaica. Really? And my dad grew up in that context. And uh, and when he, after high school, he came to the U.S., went to school in Boston at Gordon and, uh, sure. and started planting the first church, Community Gospel Chapel, is there in Boston. It's still going on today. Wow. And, uh, that would have been family, when? 19? That would have been late 50s. Yeah. Um, and then um, they moved to Philadelphia and started um, Calvary Gospel Chapel, which is on West Gerard Avenue. Yeah. And then uh, Germantown Christian Assembly and in the Mount Airy section near Stetton and Mount Pleasant. Sure. And uh, and then uh, it just mushroomed from there, just, you know, in Baltimore, Washington, New York. Uh, yeah. So we've seen the Lord really work. And, and my job, I took over the Grand Old Gospel Fellowship in 1998. Okay. And so it's just been a matter of 
making the keep the ball rolling. And yeah. uh, so we've seen new assemblies get started in Norristown, um, New Life Bible Fellowship in Colwyn near Upper Darby. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's been a it's been a journey. Uh, and the, the fellowship is a little bit different than when my dad was, was running it and started it, you know, back then they would put the tent up and preach for like two (laughs) weeks and then take the converts and start a new work. Well, the methodology is a little bit different today. Um, and, and what I've done is sort of tailor make the, the ministry to fit my gifts and abilities. And one of my heart passions is to teach and disciple people. And so um, I, I do three mission trips a year to train pastors in developing countries. And, uh, and so I've been all over the last 25 years, I've been doing three mission trips a year, a few years I've done four. So you can multiply that out. That's a whole lot of get some frequent training. flyer yeah, miles racked up flyer there. Miles. Wow! But uh, it's been thousands of pastors and church leaders that we've been able to encourage over that time, and uh, it's just been a real, real blessing. Chatting with Dr. Tony Hart of Grand Ole Gospel Hour, a Sunday evenings at seven thirty. Also, pastor of Monco Bible Fellowship in Lansdale. Uh, so you kind of have a real history steeped in church planning awareness, if you will. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've, I've seen churches start in living rooms and YMCA buildings and all kinds of situations and yeah. uh, seen the Lord just bless and grow. That's excellent. Well, one of the churches you mentioned a minute ago, Germantown Christian Assembly in Philly, you have a conference coming up there Yeah, uh, our, later this month, right? Our Unity Conference will be held there October 27th. So I invite all of your listeners to come down October 27th. There's a, a young man with a um, it's Genesis Bible Fellowship in Baltimore that is uh, going to be our guest speaker for that day. Okay. Uh, Wayne Cockrell is his name, a dynamic preacher. You will enjoy him with some special music and uh, and the praise teams from uh, Germantown will be there. And all the saints uh, will gather, and we're going looking forward to a good time of ministry that yeah, day. Yes, and workshops going on that day, too? Yeah, we have workshops. And matter of fact, when we talked about what some of the needs are, one of the workshops that we're tackling this year is this whole area of sexuality and gender and, yeah. you know, a lot of questions about that. And Christians have a lot of questions. And so even on my way over here, I was talking to a young man in the car and uh, he had questions uh, that, that wow. I was trying to deal with. Uh, so it's a it's a hot topic, and we invite all of your listeners to come and be a part of that day. Now, of course, to worship God, you need some good nourishment. Will there be food? Oh, plenty of food. Breakfast <laughs> and the lunch and the meal is there. Oh, it's always good, good food. I mean, uh, not just a sandwich lunch. This is a full-blown Woo! meal. All right. Sign me up. That's happening on October 27th, again, at Germantown Christian Assembly. We're going to take a brief break, come back with Dr. Tony Hart, Grand Old Gospel Hour uh, on Sunday evenings at 730. You can listen in then. You can also visit the church. You're welcome to do so at Monco Bible Fellowship in Lansdale, PA. We'll chat some more about the conference and also about a book that uh, Pastor Hart has written. And then we'll get into that in just a moment here on AM 560 WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 411. You're listening to AM 560 WFIL, The Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening in. Dr. Tony Hart, our guest. Very glad to have you in studio, Dr. Hart. And uh, from the Grand Old Gospel Hour, Sunday evenings at 730, you can catch that program. How long have you been hosting that for? 
Well, <laughs> I, I've been full time with um, with the, as president of the Grand Ole Gospel Fellowship since 1998. But okay. one of the things that my dad did was he started phasing me into the radio ministry yes. and, and starting in the late 80s. I used to be on once a month and he would be the other three wow. times. And now what we've done is flip that. So you can still hear him every now and again. I think it's fifth Sundays we... We have uh, an old message by my father. Oh, that's excellent. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So people still enjoy hearing him when his his voice comes on, very distinctive voice that he has. Yes. Well, we were just chatting during the break there. We both have a history then with the, the radio stations. Our sister station uh, currently is News Talk 990, but it used to be, uh, you know, half programs, half music. Right. And uh, I believe it was your uncle. Uh, Dr. Charles Hart right. started on our air 30 years ago yeah, right. uh, on Saturdays right. with a half-hour program. I remember that. <laughs> so there's a very, very long and rich history. So it's it's that much further to have you on, a pleasure to have you on, because it's good to stop every now and again and, and appreciate that people have been with you for many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So. Thanks for being here. I'm just well, interjecting that because, you know, your dad had a, 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 has had – in fact, he was uh, – you mentioned um, – He's, he was inducted into the National uh, Religious Broadcasters Hall of Fame. That's right. When <laughs> That's the, pretty when good. The, the conference was down in Orlando, he got uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's, wow. That's been a tremendous honor. And our radio program, a couple of different years, has won awards with NRB. And so, um, yeah, no, it's been a long, long history. That, yeah. Uh, my job is just to not mess it up. <laughs> well, I know, and I know you're not about the awards, but I know, in fact, if people go to your site, they'll see there's there's three main things, right, that, that keep scrolling across the screen. I was watching the, you know, the, the pre-rolls or the rolls, whatever they call those things on homepages of websites. Right. Right? right. You want to jump oh, into what the, those? Yeah. Just... Well, our mission is are those three aspects of the ministry, planting churches, right. preparing leaders, and proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. So planting churches, of course, we talked about that. That That is a central part of what we do, especially in the urban centers here in the U.S. and overseas in various urban contexts. We try and see where there's a need for a Bible church to be established. Yeah. But then preparing leaders, uh, we have uh, under that aspect of the ministry, the pastoral training that I do around the world, yeah. and also um, the orphan ministry that we have. We have orphans that we that we take care of in both India and in Jamaica. How'd that and, get started? Uh, where, where did that come well, from? Well, actually that started by, from my grandfather in Jamaica. Um, they had, uh, and my uncle Charles, he had, they had um, an orphanage there. It was institutional back then. And they would take boys in Hart boys home. Um, yeah. But you know, the overhead of, of an institutional approach. And so we were able to, to help more kids with a, more of a foster care set up in Jamaica. And so we have a board of Christian believers who oversee that ministry and they qualify um, Christian homes to be able to take in some of those orphans. The beautiful thing is that we've been doing that long enough now so that we've seen on the back end, there are pastors today that were literally taken off the street as babies that are now pastoring churches yeah. and leaders in their communities. And it's a very, very fulfilling. When I go places and just meet some of these, you know, people, it's just, it, you, you just get thrills for, uh, oh, for what yeah. you see. That has to be unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Dr. Tony Hart is our guest. And I know we mentioned, uh, I'm not sure we actually 
teased this before the break, but uh, you have a book out, that, a number of books and resources yeah. on your website that people can find out about. But two tablets for your marriage. Yeah, because also under that preparing leaders piece, the best preparation for leaders in America is a godly marriage and a strong Christian home, an environment for leaders to grow up in. And so um, the ministry toward marriages was becoming very important. I was driving down the Schuylkill Expressway, and it just clicked on me that, you know, each of these Ten Commandments really does apply to our relationships with each other. Mm. And, you know, the first four have to do with our relationship with God, and the next six have to do with our relationship with our fellow man. And there's no more significant relationship than our marriages. And so um, the Ten Commandments just sort of like it just fell on me that, that this needs to be told. Actually, then I thought for sure that somebody else had done that. And we scoured around, and I I couldn't believe, you know, there are a lot of Ten Commandments about marriage, but it's the author's own Ten Commandments. It's not the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah, right. And so here's a biblical approach to deals with all so many of the issues that marriages struggle in, and it's it's a Bible approach that just goes down and applies each one of those Ten Commandments to marriage. Now, folks would like to pick that book up. What's the best way to... To check it you out. can get it on Amazon. Any Christian bookstore can order it for you. you okay. They can get to our website at uh, gogfministries.org, and there's a page there where you can order resources. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's easy to find. GOGF Ministries, Grand Old Gospel Fellowship Ministries.org. Or, or uh, again, um, uh, the name of it, obviously, Two Tablets for Your Marriage is important for people to, to know about. And again, on that site, they can find out more about the Unity Conference coming up at the end of the month. That's right. And that book, let me say this, that um, that is the basis for the marriage seminar that I do. So I travel around and okay. do that marriage seminar and share that material in churches and different groups. So if there are any churches that that have a marriage ministry and they're looking for content okay. that would minister to their couples, uh, that's that's what I love to do. What kind of seminar? Is it a one day thing? It's a or? one, usually a one day. It's about five hours of instruction. Okay. And so, um, if we if it's local, I can do um, all on a Saturday. If I have to travel somewhere to it, I usually do between Friday night so I can finish earlier on Saturday and get back home. So okay. I can take off a Sunday, but we can work out those details if if okay. there's somebody who wanted to. Um, have that content brought as a seminar to minister to their couples. And through the site, they could contact you, That's perhaps. Right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, let me also give the phone number out because I know um, if they want to register for the Unity Conference at the end of the month, uh, 215-361-8111. That's right. Is it for the office at the church? Okay, mm-hmm. 215-361-8111. That's the office for the Grand Old Gospel Fellowship. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, right. very good. <laughs> so Dr. Tony Hart, our guest, Grand Old Gospel Hour on Sunday evenings at 730 pastor of Montco Bible Fellowship in Lansdale, planning churches, preparing leaders, proclaiming the gospel to the whole world hears. It sounds like you're doing that. Well, we're trying our best. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, I hope that you uh, well, I, you know, can put us on your calendar again sometime and come in and talk some more about some of these things. You know? Well, I thank you for the opportunity. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, we appreciate the, the prayers and support of the Lord's people to keep this ministry going. Amen. And before you go, I just want to ask you a general question uh, because you are you know, married. You have four children? Yeah, I have four children. Um, uh, my daughter is local. She lives right here and, and involved in the music ministry at the church. 
Um, I have another son who's a music teacher. All that music comes from my wife. And then I have a son who's a, he teaches at Messiah College. Oh, wow. He's a Bible teacher. Okay. He finished his Ph.D. and is now teaching. And then uh, the youngest is a 26-year-old. Wow. Uh, it's like 10 years. And then we had the last one. We thought we were done. Yeah. But uh, he's, we're, pray, for, pray for him. He's still finding his way. Okay. But, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we well, ask that the Lord would, would just bless and lead. So give us, give us a, an, any nugget you can think of, someone like yourself who's traveled uh, the world, traveled the country, balancing marriage, your children, any word of wisdom for maybe a family who's a little not quite down the road and, and their children aren't grown. Maybe they're 10 years younger and they're teens. Yeah. What's what's ahead and, and wisdom just to how to. Well, how much time do I have? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's another topic. Yeah, we're almost out of time. But, um, yeah. I, I would say that, um, you know, priorities, I have this priority wheel that I talk about in the book. They need to get the book because um, I think that a lot of times we can get so focused on one area of our life to the neglect of other areas. And that happens a lot with people in ministry. It happens with people that are in careers and the corporate world, and they put all the energy in one spoke in their lives. Yeah. And so I talk about life is not just a vertical list of priorities, but it's a wheel that we need to keep in balance. Mm. And God intends for us to take good care of every area of responsibility that he gives us. Amen. And um, so I find that to be a lot more helpful and the, the the discussion of that is in that marriage book. Okay, well, maybe we can make a date. I'll I'll get the book from you, and read it, and then we can have you back and just talk about the book. We can focus on that. Maybe even take some calls that day. Yeah, that, Would that be all right? Be fine. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to find a spot that sounds like you're like <laughs> zooming all over the globe. So we'll figure it out. Thank you for uh, coming in, Doctor Hart. Really appreciate it. All right, thank you. Yeah, we'll take a break and come back at you in just a moment. It's Doctor Tony Hart of the Grand Old Gospel Hour on Sunday evenings. You can catch that program seven thirty. Back in just a moment on AM five sixty WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM five sixty WFIL and WFIL dot com. Four twenty four. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM five sixty WFIL. Thanks for listening. Cloudy with a shower, thunder shower, the deal the rest of the day. Probably more tonight, low 60. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow. Cooler, high 72. We are uh, bringing on board now Katie M. Reed. She's the author of a book called Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done. What does the, uh, the M stand for, Katie? Well, based on my book, I'd like to say it stands for Martha. <laughs> okay, very good, but... It's really Margaret. Okay, well, that's close enough. Uh, Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done is the book, and folks can find out more, katiemreed.com. Would it be correct to say that Luke 10, 38 to 42 are the verses really the book is centering around? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So if so, is it good with you if I I typed them out? Can I just read them real fast so people know where we're headed? Sure. Okay. So it says, verse 38 in Luke 10, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So it's Luke ten thirty-eight to 42. 
thinking we could start with your thoughts on those verses and how they factored into what led up to you writing the book Made Like Martha. Well, yeah, thanks, Tim. So for centuries, those of us that are made like Martha have gotten a bad rap, right, based on this passage. You know, here we see Martha welcomes Jesus into her home, which is an admirable thing, and then she's busy getting the preparations done, and she realizes, you know, she needs some help. So she goes to Jesus and tells her, say, you know, tell Mary to help me out. And I believe that Scripture is true. But this, Jesus' response to Martha always was hard for me because I so related to Martha. And he says, you know, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted, but, you know, your sister has chosen what's better. And I really wanted him to say something different. I really wanted him to say, hey, Mary, see all that Martha's doing? Why don't you go help her out? But that's (laughs) not what he said. And so I, because I had this, you know, like I was president of Martha's fan club, I wanted to look closer at, is there something we've missed or is there something here um, that we've overlooked? And so I began digging into this story. And one thing I realized, excuse me, is that we've added things to this story that aren't there. Yes, it's clear that Jesus corrects Martha, but what he corrects her in is he says, you're worried and bothered about many things, you know, but this one thing is the best thing, the better thing, the necessary part. And I think a lot of us who are made like Martha have heard those words to mean there must be something with being like Martha, being wired to get things done or being responsible. And he wasn't asking her to stop being that way. He was saying in those things, you don't have to be worried and distracted. And so I talk about moving from this spirit of striving and panic to working and being like Martha, but doing it from a place of peace and settledness. Yeah, chatting with uh, Katie Reed, author of Made Like Martha, good news for the woman who gets things done. It's a huge difference because, you know, you can view Luke 10, 38 to 42 as though that's the only thing that's ever needed, like working is bad and sitting at Jesus' feet is good. The person that's sitting at Jesus' feet maybe should get up occasionally. and and But the point is that's the starting point, right? You're trying to live out of that. So the busy stuff that you're doing is done in the right spirit. Exactly. And, you know, there is a time for rest. There's a time for sitting. But I think a lot of us, at least I used to be this way, I felt like if I didn't have an hour quality quiet time with the Lord each morning, he was disappointed and mad. And I kind of compartmentalized my faith when really, you know, if we believe in Jesus by faith, he lives within us and he goes with us wherever we go, whether we're sitting, standing, working, resting, it's not just in our quiet time. And so I started to realize, you know, I can be washing the dishes or I can even have a really busy season, but that doesn't mean that I'm not having a connection with the Lord. And so I think for a lot of Marthas, we're very hard on ourselves. We live with a lot of guilt that we're not, you know, measuring up. But we need to remember that this passage in Luke 10, 38 to 42 has excellent things for us to work on, but Jesus wasn't criticizing the totality of who Martha was. Later in Scripture, it says Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And for a long time, I felt like, you know, he wasn't really fond of Martha. You know, Mary was kind of the poster child for getting it right. But later, after Lazarus, their brother, 
um, is raised from the dead, you know, we see right before then Martha and Jesus have this really neat exchange where he basically reveals his true identity to Martha. And I think he did that to her before even Peter. And so we see that Martha did have faith. I mean, even to go to Jesus and say, hey, will you tell Mary to help me out? She must have known that he had some power to make things happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Katie M. Reed is our guest. Just call you Katie, the author of Made Like Martha. You mentioned a word in there, um, kind of middle ground or balance. I know one of the chapters in the book, Made Like Martha, talks about that, the middle ground between striving and slowing, stewarding well without overdoing it, which even that in and of itself could be a moving target, right? If you're making balance the goal, then you're always wondering, what, how much, how well am I doing at this balance thing? So let me talk about that a little bit, because there are times, as you said, to rest, and there are times to work, and you can even be working hard and still have a restful spirit, right? That's really the kind of the goal, is that even in the midst of activity. Uh, but how do you, maybe some thoughts on, the, on, that, on that middle ground, or or how, because you're, you know, you, from what I understand, you're a homeschooling mom, your husband's a youth pastor, you have a full life. So, right. you know, more than just tips, which are good too. If you have a tip you want to drop, that's good. But where, where, have, you, where have you settled into with that middle ground idea and, and how important that is? Well, you know, at this time in history, I feel like there are more opportunities for women than ever before, which is an exciting thing. But I think a lot of us have kind of gotten this mentality of I need to be every woman. You know, I need to be good at this and this and this, and we're wearing ourselves out. You know, um, we don't have to say yes to every opportunity, right? But in order, like when I hear the word balance, it kind of makes me shudder just a little bit. You know, I've had women say, you know, stay balanced, make sure you stay balanced. And to me, that reminds me of my one and only gymnastics meet in sixth grade. <laughs> While wearing a lovely leotard, I fell off the balance beam three to five times. The verdict's out. I remember five. My mom remembers three. Regardless, it was a lot. And part of it was I was trying so hard to be flawless that I cracked under the pressure. It was too much. And so for me, I prefer instead of the word balance to think about the word steward. Okay. I want to be a faithful steward of what and who God has put before me. And our life is life is really busy right now. You know, we've got kids in sports and ministry and all of these things. And when I start thinking of keeping it all in balance, it feels overwhelming. But when I think about, I want to steward this next moment well, that feels much more manageable to rely on God to say, God, guide me. What do you want me to do next? Are, are there some things I can let go of? Are there things I've added to my plate that maybe you never asked me to do that? Um, and so thinking about, let's be good stewards of our days, of our life, and that happens moment by moment. And that feels more approachable to me than keep it all in balance. I mean, I picture trying to keep all these plates up in the air to keep them from falling when I think about balance. And of course, there is this middle ground, too. I think, you know, some people say, oh, yes, you know, we have all these opportunities to just go, hustle, get things done. And then you've got this other camp of people that are saying, nope, you should stop most everything you're doing, slow down, be present in every moment. And I think there's a middle ground there of like, yes, there's a time to work hard and there's a time to rest, you know, like in Ecclesiastes, a time to speak, a time to be silent, all of those things. But I think we find that middle ground by listening to the Spirit, 
by being faithful to his word and what he's laid out before us. Katie M. Reed, author of Made Like Martha, good news for the woman who gets things done. Going to take a quick break, continue the conversation, also give a copy of Katie's book away a little later on. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM 560 WFIL, Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening in. It's 436. Chatting with Katie Reed, author of Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done. And uh, website Katie M, as in Martha, but not Martha. It's actually Margaret. Katie M. Reed. Dot com and I guess you blog on there too, right? Is it is that a overall number of resources there, or what's the, yes. the main thing? Yeah. I write articles there, and there's also free resources. Um, I'm also a singer, so my CD is on there. And then we have this challenge we're doing right now called the Stress Less Mile More um, Challenge, and you, it's a five day challenge where you um, just enter your email address, and you'll get um, five videos just to give you some real practical tips of how to live and steward your moments well. Very good. Well, now, to your last point about the balance and the stewardship, um, the foreword by, I guess, fellow author Lisa Jo Baker had a lot of good insight, including letting go of things that really weren't yours to manage in the first place, which might be part of this, uh, would be very helpful. You know, first and foremost, people, as a mom, and, you know, we, our families actually have a lot in common. My wife, um, we have five children and we've homeschooled and, and you're constantly reevaluating, you know, what are you doing and what each child needs. And there can be this uh, micromanagement and or just you're paying attention to detail and um, being able to still, you know, it's maybe a little different because it's your children. But still being able to ultimately say God's bigger than your it's easier said than done, but bigger than you. <laughs> and so right. letting go, it doesn't mean that you have to. I think she said doesn't mean you have to just stop doing stuff or you have to change your gifts or your drive. You suddenly have to just you know, throw it into lower gear. But what it means to unload stuff that really wasn't supposed to be on your plate in the first place emotionally or, or whatever. So maybe, I don't know if it was some, has some of that been part of your, your story too? Yes. You know, I, I'm pretty good at saying yes. I'm not very good at saying no or saying help. And so we break this down in the book a little bit of, you know, our responsibility is to say yes to God's assignments. Of course, we want to obey our Creator, our Lord, our good Father. Um, He knows what's best for us. He knows what will give Him the most glory. And so we want to say yes to His assignments for our lives. But we want to say no to guilt and manipulation. And I can't tell you how many times I've said yes to things that sounded good at the time, but then when it actually was time to, you know, follow through on that, I was like, why did I ever say yes to this? Now, there's some things in life that are just a bummer that we have to do, right? But sometimes I've served on committees or I've agreed to bring a meal to someone when really I was already at capacity. And so a lot of those times I was saying yes when I should have said no because of people pleasing or maybe I wanted to look good, you know, to a certain group of people. So we remember to say yes to God's assignments, to say no to guilt and manipulation. And the third one is hard for those of us that are wired to get things done, who are ultra-responsible, is to say help. This just happened actually right before this interview, that I had a lot of things I need to get done this afternoon. And so I had to humble myself and ask my (laughs) husband and mother-in-law if they could help out with the kids. 
And <laughs> it can be hard to do that, you know, when you're the one who's, you know, responsible and can handle it, you know, most of the time. But delegation is not weak. It is actually wise. And it makes room for other people to step up and help out because we're stronger together. When we're willing to say, hey, I need some help in this area, someone else can then be strength for us and vice versa. Katie Reed's our guest. Uh, Made like Martha, good news for the woman who gets things done. You know, um, Katie, it's funny because um, you mentioned the uh, delegation thing. When I first came to the radio station here, our general manager said to me, listen, you know, because my job is a program director and brand manager. So I have a lot of responsibilities and people that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for. And he said, you need to do that I, as a department head. I'm not asking you to look around, see what's not done yet, and then do it yourself. So I, I'm going to give you things to do, and then you need to find the people to make sure that you know they have what they need. You're going to still have your own things to do, but it, a, a good manager is not someone who just grabs everything that wasn't done. Even though you're responsible for it in the end, you have to make it keep pushing it back to where it's supposed to be going. And and that's that's a lesson to learn. It's an ongoing lesson how to learn how to do that. So. That is great advice. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you know, at the beginning of your book, really, and maybe this is kind of the, still the heart of it or the core of it because we're talking about different parts of, of your book. But in the very beginning, it, it, at the whole beginning, it says you do not have to strive for what you already have. And as we discuss your book, I just I kind of want to bring it back to the heart of things. I think what the heart of the book is, uh, you know, I'll let, I'll let you say it, but um, that the whole idea of identity in Christ as opposed to anywhere else, whether it's being a hard worker or or good or bad. It could be you're just doing it out of fear because if you don't have a clean house, what are people going to think when they come over? Or or you take pride and you know you have a clean house and you want people to see it, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. Right. Uh, so yeah. I mean, what would you, just to reiterate that, so it doesn't, if, if people didn't remember anything but one thing from our conversation, um, what what do you hope people who read Made Like Martha come away with? Well, when we see Martha and Mary in this Luke 10 passage, I bring up in the book, you know, I hypothesize, could it have been that Martha had what I call the hired help mentality? It's this idea that I've got to earn my keep, or what I have might be taken away at any moment, or someone else's success, um, you know, is a threat to me. It's another word for it, the orphan spirit or like an outlook of scarcity, right? And I think that a lot of us, I know for me for decades, I knew I was saved by grace, but I lived as if I had to keep God happy. Like I might not have a secure position in his heart if I didn't have that hour quiet time. And when he showed me that my love, you know, his love for me, his love for everyone. It was settled on the cross. And if we believe in what Jesus did by faith, died for our sins, rose again, then we are sons and daughters of God. It's done. And so I was working so hard for this love that I already had. Now, we know that faith without works is dead and that God's prepared works in advance for us to do, but those works should be a response to already knowing we're loved. It should be a response of thankfulness. It shouldn't be to try to earn what's already been given to us as a gift. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, You know, I've often shared with people, tell me what you think. Uh, If you had to boil the gospel down, the the three words, faith in Christ, salvation, and works, those three things or or fruit of or whatever, 
it's uh, easy to have the equation look like uh, faith in Christ plus your works equals, equals your salvation, that you need those works as part of the mix, like faith in Christ isn't enough, rather than faith in Christ equals your salvation plus works. So the works comes right. on the other side of things, like you said, flowing out of the fact that you're resting in his love for you, not because uh, my pastor once said, uh, when God invites you to dinner, you at least want to bring the rolls, <laughs> you know, like right. <laughs> carry something with you. So that's, right. uh, you know, what appealed to me when I when I saw your book, because I do come, have a lot of books come into the station, um, I could see from the beginning of it that what you just shared, the gospel, the, the not the cure, but the heart of it being if you know where your identity is and whose you are, that affects absolutely everything. So right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad you did well, that. <laughs> well, thanks so much. You know, one of the other thing I was thinking is, you know, there's a lot of people right now that have chronic illness. And I think, you know, you could be made like Martha and there could be circumstances in your life that are keeping you from doing those things you want to do. And I think it's important to realize like, Jesus loves us, period, right? Even when we have a bad day, even when we don't finish our to-do list, even when we avoid our to-do list, you know, yes, there are good things for us to do, and we should want to do those things because we know what a good God we have. But even when we mess up, even in this Luke 10 passage when Martha was worrying and distracted, it didn't affect God's love for her and her position in his heart. And I think that can be very freeing for people that are made like Martha. KDM Reed, author of Made Like Martha, good news for the woman who gets things done. Going to take a quick break, then wrap up our conversation. Also, we'll give a copy of Katie's book away in just a bit. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 448 on WFIL. We are privileged to have Pastor Hart on, speaking of which, earlier this hour. And hopefully, we're not too far away from starting to get some podcasts up of the programs. This is our one-month anniversary today. Had a lot of wonderful people on. And so if you've missed some episodes or whatever, looking forward to providing those for you in the not-too-distant future. Uh, back now with one of our wonderful guests, Katie M. Reed. She's the author of Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done, based on Luke 10. 38 to 42. One of the central points of your book is helping the reader rest in being a child of God while still serving him and being active and busy as needed, but uh, at rest even while busy uh, in the midst of that, not striving or trying to earn God's favor, right? Or, or finding your value in everything you're doing. Yes. And I think it's that realizing that salvation, you know, is something we receive from him. And then because of that, we are compelled to want to go do and share. You know, we don't want to just be these, you know, spiritually fat Christians, you know, that are hoarding this good news. We want to go and do it. But it's that fine line of some of us, like you said, are adding to that salvation, like, you know, I have to do this to be saved. You know, we're saved because of what Jesus did. And then we have this abundant life and purpose and hope to then go share that good news because we're so thankful that we know the good news, that we know him, that we want to share it with people. You know, sometimes when people get a hold of grace, you know, people are like, oh, they're going to go off the deep end. You know, they're going to think everything's permissible. But when you know you have a good father 
you don't want to go, you know, smear his name and his reputation. You want to go honor and live a life worthy of who you belong to. Yeah, that's great. Katie, I also wanted to run something by you. Um, You know, the book is obviously, it says, Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done. Let's say this book is sitting on the nightstand of the woman in the home, and the husband wants to sneak over to the nightstand and read a few chapters. Is that permissible? Is that profitable? Hey, I think you should. You know, a couple of guys have gotten mad. He's like, what about the sons of Martha? You know, or yes. whatever. It's like, well, we don't think she was married. So, but no, but there's, I mean, we talk about things like worry and, you know, identity and all those things that I think guys definitely can benefit from. I've had a couple husbands actually who read the book before their wives did. And they said, we're really glad you read this because my wife needs to read it. Yeah, you know, yeah. or it's just, Give them language to help talk to their wives. So by all means, there's there's nothing in there that will make you blush, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I, I kind of knew the answer to the question before I asked it, but it seems like, uh, that, you know, that because you're drawing people to women, starting with women, because the passage obviously involves Mary and Martha, but to draw uh, on a greater level the, everyone's heart to recognize the rest, as you said earlier, not as an orphan, but as a child of God, and that really does alter everything. It even could probably, if you think about it, you know, on the flip side, there may be people who wish they could be like Martha. I don't know if you've talked to many people like that who are like, I'd like to be better at doing all those boxes and stuff. I can't seem to get my act together. Um, They could have the opposite self-image problem. Like I can't get my act together and they're spending their time the other direction. But I I think what you're sharing in your book actually – centers people no matter what their struggle might be um, right so they can then spin back out and be more effective you know, as they walk the earth and you know whatever god's calling them to do yeah i've had a lot of friends that have read the book that relate more to mary but you know talk about issues like worry and balance you know that kind of thing affects everyone and they've said even if some of it they couldn't relate to, it helped them understand their family member or, you know, if their spouse had more a bent to be driven, it gave them empathy and compassion. And hey, the world needs both types of people, right? People that are more relational and people that are more task-oriented. If we're all task-oriented, we'd all be burned out and tired, right? But if we're all just you know, sitting and talking all the time, you know, there'd be things that didn't get done. And so that's just like the Lord, isn't it? To um, give us this framework for needing each other and needing community. Hey, before I let you get back to your uh, husband, who's been holding down the fort with with the kids, thank you for that for us. If you think of it, um, you mentioned the word worry. And that, I remember reading about that in the book, early in the book, um, the, the, just the phrase exchanging what if, worry to even if worship. Maybe you could talk about that aspect, because I think that's something anybody could benefit from. Yeah, so, you know, worry's often my default emotion. You know, it's got this well-worn path in my mind. But I think, you know, I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's like they said, you know, even if God does not deliver us, we're still not going to bow down. And I had this situation in my life where there's a misunderstanding with a friend, and I need to make a phone call to her. But instead of my typical worry, I'm like, okay, as awkward as this is, I'm here in my minivan, I'm just going to worship. I'm going to remember who God is. And even if this phone call doesn't go well, you know, that peace just flooded over me. And God helped me realize, like, I have a choice in this matter. I can 
starve worry by feasting on worship. I don't have to have worry be my go-to. And when we remember who God is, it changes our perspective, even when our circumstances don't change. Yeah. And, you know, it might correct me if I'm wrong with the worry part, which I, I resonated with me was when you're trying to get things done and there's never often an end point to getting, I don't know, I've never had my to-do list completed. In fact, it tends to get larger. Uh, <laughs> I think of more things, even Absolutely. if I didn't, <laughs> I did something that wasn't on the list. I got to put it on the list uh, just and then cross it off, even though it's already done. Um, but, but that lends itself to maybe one more step, two more steps, three more steps, uh, you know, and, th- and that maybe is where the worry creeps in. Like, was this enough that I, is this a, can I leave it here? Have you found some of that too, just as you're trying to let that, some of those things go? Yes. And, you know, one thing I think a lot of it comes down to trust. You know, do we trust God to work even when we aren't working? Because God patterns this for us that we need rest. He made our bodies that way. He models that with the Sabbath. And I think it's an exercise in trust. Am I going to trust that either someone else will take care of this or God will give me the energy you know, when it's time to do it. But yeah, I think especially in this fast paced world we're living in right now, it's like more and more and more and more and the pressure just keeps mounting. And so really to ask ourselves, you know, again, is this something I need to get done? Or even is this something I need to get done today? Because a lot of times I feel like it needs to get done today. But in actuality, there's some things that can wait. That's true. And there's a lot of my, my uh, old boss used to say, I have two lists, A and B. A really must be done today. No, and B is everything else. That helped them sort out really what has to, you know, before the, I walk out the door today, I can't not have this done. As much as I'd like to get the B stuff done, I got to get the A stuff done. <laughs> so That's good. Yeah, good. Well, Katie, it's a pr- uh, privilege and pleasure to talk to you. Thank you again for taking time out of your day with your family and um you can point people to your site again, katiemreed.com for your blog and your music. And well, one, one more time, what was that um, kind of contest or challenge going on, the five-day deal? Yeah, it's called Stress Less, Smile More. And if you go to madelikemartha.com or just click on the book tab on my website, you can access that. And it's just a free five-day video series that can help give you some practical tips with what we talked about today. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Katie. I really appreciate you jumping on. And again, thank you, your husband, too, for, for filling the gap while you, you took time to call us up. Well, thanks so much, Tim. Appreciate it. It was fun talking with you. You too. God bless you. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Katie M. Reed, author of Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done, based upon Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. I want to give away a copy of her book right now. 800-560-WFIL is our number, 800-560-9345. Call in. Be glad to hook you up with a copy of that. 800-560-9345 for a copy of Katie's book, Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done. Uh, and again, her site, Katie M as in Mary, read, R-E-I-D.com. Uh, hello, let's make our winner. Hey, what's your name? Hello. I'm sorry, what's your name? How are you? Melanie. Hi, Melanie. Where are you from? I am from Philadelphia. Well, you're a winner, Melanie. We're glad you called in. Yes. (laughs) Are you a Mary or a Martha? Actually, you're a child of God, right? So you're good. I, yeah, (laughs) but I have the Martha tendency. Okay. Well, I've been reading this book, and I, I think anybody could learn from it. So I'll be glad to send you a copy, okay? 
Thank you so much. You're welcome, Melanie. Hang on one second. We're going to wrap up our program now and make way for uh, Pastor uh, uh, for Jim Maxim from Acts 413 Ministries. He's going to pray next. And then we have Truth for Life with Alistair Begg at the top of the hour at 5 o'clock. Looking forward to a fine program again tomorrow. Your prayers appreciated. Thanks for listening in. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL. Have a great uh, rest of your afternoon and evening. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.